Hey guys, and welcome to Jack's Talk Podcast. My name is Ryan Brooks, a small town husband, dad, and entrepreneur. Each episode, you're gonna hear about real life topics that target real life people each and every day, from struggles to fame and everything in between. So thanks for spending time with me today. Now let's jump in to your daily dose of small talk here at Jack's Talk. Hey guys, and welcome back to a small talk here with Jack's Talk. I'm with my wife, Victoria, again today, and we're talking about episode four, overcoming conflict. Not only just overcoming conflict in your life, but in your marriage as well. I think overcoming conflict a lot of times in your marriage is, is probably one of the hardest things to, to deal with. And I think that because conflict is something that you've already had your problems, you've already had your blowouts and, and everything that consists in your marriage, but how do you overcome that? I know that's what we've talked about on a lot of our episodes, one, two, and three, is having these problems and how to, and overcoming them. I know we've touched on a little bit of how to overcome those. I don't think that we've really dove into overcoming the issues at hand. I think these are some good points that we're supposed to touch on that not just us can help um, overcome our conflicts, but we can help others overcome them as well. And I think that at the top of it, it really has to be seeking uh, God's guidance in, in your marriage. That's not your conflict. The guidance of God, the God and, and your faith in your marriage is going to help you overcome those conflicts. I know it has us a, a good bit. Yes, it has. It help, has helped us a lot, actually. Like I said in the last one um, about God at the mountaintop and your husband and wife at the bottom. If you don't have God up there first and seeking Him through all your problems, it's kind of hard. It is. We, we want to tend to make our, our life and I make our decisions and how we fix our our problems and marriage and conflict and, and all that stuff the way that we feel like it's best. Well, obviously, we, we're not fixing it the best because if we were, we wouldn't be having these conflicts and we wouldn't go down that path. Having that God-given guidance uh, through your marriage, and, and that's uh, even more so once you get into the Word and actually dig down and, and what see what God says about love and God says about your marriage. And just even today at church, we talked about, you know, love, you know, and love God, love others. For God to compare love the same way that he compared it with himself, I think that's crucial in what it means it says about your marriage, you know, and loving other people and, and putting your, your spouse at the top of that love. And if you are supposed to love others the way that you love God, like that that's pretty powerful and, and i think another key point just remembering that we're not in this this marriage alone um as long as we have god's guidance through that through our struggles you know um when, when we get in times of not understanding which way to go and which which route to turn um we can always at least fall in prayer to help our marriage um and to help open our eyes i know a lot of times that we get so upset and, and frustrated with what we see our other our spouse doing or like not dedicating time to each other or I get so like, why is she not spending time with me? Why is she wanting to go to the gym, or why is she wanting to go to get her nails done? But you know, she may be saying, well, why is he wanting to go work early an hour earlier? Why is he wanting to do work when he gets home? Or all these other examples. Like, it's easier to point that finger at the other person until you have to open your eyes. And like, without God's guidance, I don't think your eyes can be opened properly to see where you're making the mistake. Um, and causing your own mistakes. And I think that's that's going to be, I don't know if there's any topic in here that can beat that um, and what we're going to talk about because ultimately, no matter what you do, you got to have God's guidance through each step of these things that we're going to discuss 
if you don't have that guidance, I think you would misuse these steps, you know, inappropriately. My first suggestion is just listen, listen actively. You know, it's easy to sit there and just hear the words that are coming through, but not really taking any thought to them. I, I feel like you at times can look at me and say, you know, you didn't hear a word I said, did you? Yeah. And, 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 and you, and I'm like, you know, yeah, well, no, I really didn't. Like I was, I was actively being there and being tentative but I wasn't listening. I wasn't really feeling and hearing what you had to say. And I think that um, having that active listening is huge. You may learn something about your spouse that you either one got too complacent and lost, or you just never knew because you never took the time to learn. You say, well, I've been with them for 15 years. Well, people, we change. We change as we get older. We change as life dynamics change around us. We change to new people. I'm not saying that it's to the point that we change where we're not who we once were, I just think sometimes we change to, we need to get back to who we once were. If you don't listen and actually listen to what's going on, um, you may not realize that you're having a problem in your marriage uh, just because you're, you spend so much time just being there tentatively, but you're not actively listening uh, to the concerns and problems. Like this talking, as you can see that I'm the talker, uh, my wife is not. So a lot of times it is tough for me to actively listen to her when she has a concern because I do like to open my mouth more then I probably should. And just create that environment of like mutual respect between the two. Like if I just sit here and listen to her and I'm going to try more and more each and every day, it's just listening to her and understanding and feeling the pain and her concern. That sets that mutual respect for one another that you can really understand, grasp and concept what she's dealing with or what it may, the concern may be. It may not even be a concern or a conflict, but in the eyes of a conflict, if you're not actively listening, you're just being physically present, in the situation, in the marriage, or the conflict, you, you might as well not be there. Um, yeah, and the same goes for me. I have been there, but really not listened. And then when you have said, hey, Vic, you know, I just came to. Um, so I do agree with you. I do think that listening and talking and saying what you have to say instead of having it bottled up and bottled in all day, every day, just speak and tell each other what y'all need to yeah. Or feel. Yeah, or feel. You know, and that's 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 crucial because to, in order to active listen, you gotta have a, an active speaker. For somebody to speak, like you you can't be afraid to express what you're feeling. You gotta do it in a certain way. Now you can't make it with like vulgar and like use mm -hmm. vulgar language because a lot of times that sets the tone. Whether you mean it that way or not, portrayed, it's like a lot of times people will say, you know, curse words and, and vulgar words is just part of their day to day talk, but Using that in a, a form of conflict and expressing your feelings, it doesn't set that mutual respect boundary. It sets that I'm mad, I'm ticked off, this is my problem, I don't care what you have to say about it, this is what I, how I feel. And the other person that would probably actively listen has now shut off. They don't want to hear about it. Mm -hmm. You just went off on me like, I don't... What do you expect me to do? How do you expect me to respond? What's it going to cause that person to shut down? And if they do tell you something, it's not what they want to tell you. It's just what they want you to hear just so you'll stop and be quiet. And I think a lot of times, especially in my frustration in times of I've been the bad guy and I've been the, um, I guess, the aggressor in the conflict, I've shut you down and you just, you don't want to hear about it. Yeah. I just blocked it all out and just went my separate way like whether it's in another room because I already felt like if he's mad and upset then he's not listening to what I have to say or feel so yeah well that and, and it's not that I'm not listening but it's more the fact that 
how how you're portraying it is you're thinking I, I could possibly be listening but when I come at you that way what what it has makes you do is not like, want to talk to you when I want to talk to me <laughs> because like you're thinking in your mind he's already mad like he's already made up his mind about the situation I'm not gonna start another argument mm-hmm. like I don't want our kid to hear this I don't want anybody else to hear this like I'm just I'm just done with that and a lot of times people take that as walking away is solving the problem oh, well tomorrow we'll wake up and everything will be fine again I'll tell you I love you and we'll walk on we'll go to work and we'll go this way and then a week later we're now having a new conflict but the old conflict is, is being brought up yeah in that new conflict yeah and now you have a bigger conflict just because you just you put like iced it over um, you put it in the freezer shut the door and guess what you put it in the freezer and you let it thaw out. The problem re-exists once you take it out, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, it thaws out and it's still there. And it, it just it kind of, it's not as hard and heavy on you because it's been a little while. But when you put a lot of those little bitty conversations and those little bitty conflicts together, now you have a divorce, right? Yeah. Uh, a divorce can come out of that. And I think that's a, an issue that we, I'm thankful we didn't come through. And we're learning, like, we talk through some of these t- podcasts and, We've even had to like step on our own toes. We're talking about this stuff and like, how can we make it better in our life? Because we still see times that what helped us, we fail at day to day sometimes just because we get lost and caught up in it. I think the next really big point is focus on yourself. I statements. Um, when I say I, the letter I, focusing on yourself. Those statements that dive in and focus on you and your life. I can't change anything my wife does. She can't change anything I do if I don't want to do it. If I don't want to do it. That's why I'm saying I statements. Because when I say the I statement, I need to focus on where I'm falling and failing in this conflict. I can't be worried about focusing on what she's doing in this marriage and conflict. I have to worry about how I can make it better. It's easy for me to be like, Victoria, what you're doing is absolutely absurd like you're causing this problem and you're causing our life to be miserable you're causing this misery like i come in from work and you're fussing at me like why do you gotta jump on me as soon as i walk in the door that's easy to do that's easy to point that out because what that does is that immediately pushes the blame to somebody else takes it off of you and there again you can shut it down but the hardest part is to do the i statements and focus on me like myself i like how, how do i make this situation better is during a time of conflict you have to for example, you know, I'm going to tell Victoria, Victoria, like, you're always gone, and this is not the case. This is just an example. You're always gone. You're never in my life. You're like, you're never at sporting events. You're never doing this. Like, you're at the gym. You're at this. You need to be better or, like, you're not going to have us, right? The correct answer would be, Victoria, I miss you. Like, I, I really would like you to spend some time with me at, at the gym. I would like for you to go to, like, football with us or, hey, would you like to go to a basketball game? I'm, I'm really missing you. You're still portraying the same message, but there's less blame game going, right? I guarantee if you look at a conflict through your eyes and not through the other person's eyes, a lot of times you'll find mistakes and problems of your own. Because the the mistakes and problems in the the conflict are going to come out. It's just, who do you take down during the process? So I'd hate to know that I battered and took down my wife verbally and come to find out that a lot of the times the reason she was doing the things I was doing is I was part of the problem or majority of the problem like you're not spending time with me because all you want to do is drink or you're not spending time with me because you can't go and and not i see it's uh, somebody else's number on your phone like hey you're you're not giving me attention and then so i'm blaming her and taking her down and, and knocking out her feelings and making her feel 
you know, belittled when it comes to find out that if I open my eyes, like I'm realizing that I am 90% of the problem or 90% of the conflict that caused the problem. Okay. If you look at it through your eyes and you're using I statements, a lot of times you'll self-reflect and realize like, how could I be better for my marriage? Well, quit drinking so much. Like, how could I be better for my marriage? Quit stepping outside of your marriage. Quit committing adultery in your marriage. Quit doing this. And I think a lot of times, and that's got to work both ways, is that it's easy to point the finger at somebody else. If you look in your eyes and figure out, what can I do better? I can't change her. I can't fix her if she's the problem. But what I can do is I can fix me and my problems in the marriage. And I guarantee you, if you 90% do that, You'll see an improvement just because you're fixing your betterness in the marriage, your betterness in the conflict. Any better in you is better in the marriage, right? Mm -hmm. So you may not be seeing that. If you do worry about fixing you, yourself, I, using the I statements, they'll probably see a difference in you. And so if you're the problem, they're going to realize, like, he's really changed. Like, he's really trying. Um, and that, that's a lot of times just going to knock down a lot of the conflict because you, you're not blaming anybody but yourself. And, and a lot of times we have to, and that's the hardest thing to do, I think, is is blame yourself, especially as a man, because we're so, I, it's it's hurt. Like, she just all, man, man, man. She always nagging. Like, I come home nagging. I come home, I ain't got food cooked. Like, I ain't got this. I ain't got that. But, guys, I think we better look in the mirror real quick and see what we see before we start getting on her, right? Victoria, a lot of times I know that I've been probably one of the weakest ones to tell you, why are you jumping on me? Why are you doing this? Like, how's it, how has it made you feel when I'm not using I? Like, I'm coming at you with, Victoria, like you're not even washing clothes or you're not doing dishes or like, why is our house with, how, how's that, how does that make you feel like about a conflict when, when I come at you that way? It makes me shut down. It makes me feel like, I'm not good enough. Like, I haven't been working all day to help you with everything that you do. It makes me feel like I could and need to be better as a wife or as a mom or whatever it may be. Yeah. I think the appropriate response is like, Victoria, like, I, I know I've worked all day. And guys, this is this is trial by error. I'm telling you. <laughs> this is trial by error because... I know, like, I work outside. She has a hard job. Like, I couldn't deal with kids every day. I, it's not me. Promise you. But, yes, I work outside in the hot weather and hot stuff like that. And I come home, and if you're married long enough, you know not to keep your mouth shut. And not you better why and I got this. So, you know, it can't be why don't I have food on the table. They, them are not the I statements I'm talking about. Um, why don't I have my clothes clean? Why don't I have shampoo in the shower like it has to be you hey how not why how can i help you tonight so we can both sit down and, and have some time together how can i help you overcome this if you're having a problem at work like how can i help you overcome that instead of saying tori you just need to let it go and leave it alone like it's 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 not even nothing to do with you it, it could be and, and that goes back to the actively listening is how can i help you get through this how can i help you not be late for work in the mornings. Like, how can I help you for that? Like, getting up 30 minutes earlier to get your kids ready. Like, not only is that helping your spouse, but that's allowing you to do things for your kids. 30 minutes of extra, like, hugs and stuff because sometimes they're really angry in the mornings and sometimes they have the best love that you can get is when they first wake up. They just want to hold you, right? Uh, and so how can you do that thing is how, how I can be better to help you. And you have to have that control of your mindset to really touch base 
with the other person their problem and overcoming that conflict. It can't be about the other person. It has to be about you and yourself. And so going to the next point, I think yeah, a lot of it's communication. I think communication is really crucial in conflict. Not Communication can cause the conflict. I should say the lack thereof communication can cause the conflict, but having appropriate and adequate communication in the conflict and, and overcoming and resolving that conflict is crucial. Like you have to set, you can't use um, stuff from the past. You can't use different issues that have caused conflict in your past to address this conflict. Don't bring up the past. That is a an issue of concern or guess for your marriage is because you really haven't let it go. And we're going to touch on that here in just a little bit, but you have to communicate what's at hand now. Communicate what you're feeling. I think Victoria's a better communicating of feelings. I may have just as many feelings. I just don't communicate them as well. Oh, I do agree with that. Like I'm, my feelings are big. I have noticed a lot lately that you have been communicating more, whether it's like what you're feeling or you just writing it down and me reading it. Communication is a big, big, big thing in a marriage. Whether you're communicating by a note or writing it on uh, the mirror, for somebody just to see like, this is how I'm feeling, this is what I need to say, and then for that other person just to see it, whether it's five minutes later or that night, let it out, communicate. Never go your different ways without saying I love you or going to bed mad. Communication is a key. It is. And it's got to be healthy communication. Honest communication yeah. and healthy. Like you can't communicate the problem. It has to be, but it has to be honest though. It has to be honest communication and get it out. And I, I know a thing that we've we've done before is, hey, you've got 20 seconds of tell me everything you want to you, you tell me. And after that, we're... We're, we're dropping. We're dropping. We're done. It's done. Get that out. But you got to be communicate that understandably. It's got to be a common ground of communication in that aspect, and it has to be, like I said, truthfully and honest. Like it has to be sound communication. Where and communication is not just a one way street. It it takes active listening and active talking, and you have to allow both to do so because if you just have the talker and not the listener, your communication is going nowhere. To have that as a whole in a marriage, communication is, is dead if, if that's the way it looks. And, and, and sometimes that role may flip, but communication is huge. And I think some of these topics like the I statements and the communication with your spouse and the honesty, active listening and the seeking of God's guidance in your marriage, like you have to communicate that like this is what I want in my marriage. Like I want you to listen to me. I want to be an active listener to you because I want to be better for you. Like I, I want this to work. At the end of the day, these problems that you're going through are going to be resolved so much quicker in that aspect. If you communicate these things, your feelings, honest feelings, and don't tell them like, you know, well, this is how I was really feeling. I, I didn't want to tell you because I didn't know how you were going to respond. Like tell them like, if you can't trust your spouse in your marriage, like why are you married? Like, why are you married? Like they, I could tell Victoria exactly how I'm feeling. It's probably going to make her mad at, some, at times. But I, I can say that with confidence and like honesty, knowing that she still loves me. She may not like it, but she's still going to love me at the end of the day. 
But communication is, is a super key point in that. And just like me talking to you guys now, it's like, you've got to communicate these issues. Do we get embarrassed at times, like just blurting our laundry out on this? You know, absolutely. If I can take what saved my marriage and save somebody else's, that's my job. Good Lord and Savior and the communication and overcoming these issues with my wife. I have another 15 years that I, I hope that's what saved my marriage. If I can help somebody else overcome that, by what helped us, our job as a, as a couple is phenomenal. And, and that's what I want to do. It's not that we want to get all this embarrassment and the pride and like, hey, I didn't know y'all were going through this. That's not what we're trying to get. We're trying to get out of is I want to help you. And like our marriage means so much to us that if we can put that same attitude and principle and help somebody else in their marriage, I feel yeah. like let's do yeah. it. Like I don't care what, at what cost it brings us and our pride. Let's help somebody else. Yeah. The next is going to be the power of apology. That's hard. That is hard. Definitely hard for you. Sometimes yeah. I think, not hard for you, but you struggle with apologizing because you want to be right. You don't want to well, that's right. admit Apo- your apology. Your apologizing. Failures. Yeah. Apologizing your... means it's you, you were wrong. Yeah. And nobody wants to admit they're wrong. Not in the middle midst of the conflict. Yeah. Right. Because in the conflict, at the time you're heated, really fired up and you don't want to admit that you were wrong but the power of apology is a two-way street it is and because the reason it's a two-way street is having the power to apologize and then having the power to accept the apology the apology it means nothing if the other person will not accept it but it's got to be sincere i'm sorry i'm wrong like (laughs) me and victoria and she's about (laughs) to start laughing because we've we've been aggravated at times especially because i'm a very impatient person and She's like, oh, okay, go ahead and say it. Okay, Ryan, tell, you're right. You're wrong. I'm right. Like, I'm sorry, Victoria. And, and <laughs> yeah, so now she's points. speaking in third person. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, Victoria. You you were wrong. Right. I, you, I was wrong. And, okay, I'm sorry, Victoria. Fine. Bye. Like, that's not a sincere apology. And we can laugh at it now, but at the time, like, it gets her fired up. Yeah. And so it's got to be sincere. Like, I re- like, listen, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I didn't know you were having a bad day and I didn't know you were feeling this way. I didn't realize I was so far out of my marriage or I wasn't so involved with you and Cooper and everything else that I was, because I was so focused on work. I was so focused on other things in life that didn't bring me happiness. I'm sorry that my actions caused you to feel this way and caused our marriage to be in the backfield of what I want to call it and losing yards every day because of my actions. And that's not a good leader. That's not a good leader of the house, the home, my marriage, my family, and even my day-to-day, the myself. That's not a good leader in representation of how I toted myself. For me to say, I'm sorry, and now I'm again saying I'm sorry, like sincerely, that is something that has to be, it has to be sincere, but it's got the, the exception of that apology has to be just as sincere because I feel like without that, you're just talking. Yeah. Like you're just saying this just to get by. It's like check yes or no. Like, you know, remember we go from like MySpace, like if you wasn't in the top friends list, you know, <laughs> you wasn't one of their top friends, like you wasn't their girlfriend or something like that. That was my boyfriend. But like when you pause, oh, it, I didn't I didn't know it was there. Like who cares? Like that's, that's the type of apology that's not sincere. Like it has to be official. It has to be, can't be a text message. It has to be, a face-to-face, I'm sorry, I messed up. With that, there should be some affection. When I do wrong, or when Victoria does wrong, and she says, 
I, I, I'm sorry. Like, and I see it's sincere. Like, how can you not just hug her? Like, how can you not? Hey, I understand. I might not forget what happened, but I accept your apology and I do want to move forward from this. And so that, I think that's going to be huge uh, in that. And going into so the next one, like, and guys, we've only got a few more, so, and we'll wrap it up. I just feel like this is, I can't put a timeline on expressing what we can do to make things better for, you know, you and your marriage and our marriage. And, and, and finding common ground is probably going to be probably one of a key point, if not the, the biggest key point in this is because you're not always going to agree. You're not always going to agree with what the other person is doing. And to, to say, to say that you will is, it's really, I mean, two like people that can agree on everything. I've never met them. Me either. And so you've got to come with a common ground. It could be, you know, the raising totally too different of a, a blended family, you know, bringing, I don't want to call it baggage, but bringing another child into your marriage and which is not something that we've had to deal with but i know from recent encounters with friends and family members that have had to bring stepped kids in and and of different parenting styles and stuff like that is how do you overcome that like for a male i, I may not be and I, I don't know we've never dealt with this but I, I see a lot of times it's like females tend to have trouble really bonding with the other kids is because you can't replace that mom or, or, you know, you can always have a stepdad and doesn't mean stepdad gives just much effort, but kids tend to resent the stepmom a lot just because of it's their mom. Yeah. You know, my mom's been hurt. My, my mom's been this or, or, or vice versa. And I think a lot of times is that that creates a, a conflict within itself. But if you don't have that common ground, it's just going to, it's going to, if you do get married and even make it to the point of marriage, I feel like it's just going to be a constant problem that you're going to blame the kids for, and it's not their problem. It's not their problem at all because their kids, they didn't deserve for their parents to go through that. I'm not saying the parents deserved either one or the other, but you can't use the child as a pawn. No. The child did, did not ask for that. At the end of the day, like as the, the innocence of a child, they want to see their parents together not knowing what really happened. So you can't use that as a as a, a pawn of common ground. It's not their fault. Um, what I do think you have to do is come up with that common ground is, hey, this is how this is how my kids allow this is what they I allow them to do. If you have a problem with that, please, you know, speak up. Yeah. Um, voice your opinion. Voice it. And Let's you gotta talk have, about it. And that common ground of just like we got back into earlier is I'm gonna give you 30 seconds to say what you gotta have. That that's common ground. We both know once we're done with that 30 seconds, okay. we said what we gotta say. And it's over. It's over. Forgiven it. It's forgotten. It, it's not something that we continue to, to harp on. And ha and having that that common ground like Victoria, two Saturdays a month, we're gonna have a date. We guys, we make time for everything else in our life. Basketball, football, sports, work pleasure like you know what I'm saying pleasure like the lake as a family we don't never miss a lake day no. <laughs> I'm telling you that's something we don't miss yeah. we don't ever miss the water park on winter break that's something we don't miss but we tend to spend time with our spouse when it's convenient like there's a problem there why do we spend time with our spouse when it's convenient for us or as a whole we have a google calendar we put everything on that google calendar but you know the only thing that's not on that calendar is date days our date night <laughs> Like that's a problem. So you gotta have that common ground is, I'm not gonna put time in there for you when it's convenient. We're gonna make time for each other. We're gonna schedule this out if that's what it has to be and understand life gets busy. Like sports, football, stuff four nights a week. Like I get it, it gets busy. If you don't make time for each other, 
you're not going to make time for your kids unless it's every other weekend because that's what it's going to come down to yeah. if, if you don't spend time with each other because you're going to lose sight of who the other person really is. And it's not that you're going to fall out of love with them. You're just going to forget what it's like if you don't spend time with the other person. And you got to dedicate that time. This is what we're doing. I don't care if you want to go work outside. I don't care if you want to go to the gym. This is our day. This is, And it could, don't have to be a whole day. It could be a couple hours. You know, it could be a dinner or a lunch. This is the, our time. This is what we're going to do. And we're going to set to it. Yeah. Take the time to do what your spouse likes to do. Whether you like it or not, take the time just to do it. Have fun. Whether it's go golfing like Ron likes or going to get our feet massage like I like. He don't like that. Mm -mm. But he takes the time to do it because he knows I like it. And it's spending time with each other. Ladies, go hunting. Yeah, and listen, go like, you see all these lifetime stories, and I hate to even bring this up, but then you see all these people that die of been married for 50 and 60 years, and I watched my grandmother go through this. Uh, her and my grandfather were married for several, I mean, I think 65 years. My number could be off just a little bit, but like that's unheard of. Yeah. And the sad truth is they went through these same problems, I guarantee we did, and they still worked through it because common ground was the only option and the common ground was we're here together we are honoring and cherishing our vows we're going to make sure that our common ground is we're in this together i remember my grandmother as after my grandfather passed it was asking for one more day of just to do the things taking him to the doctor's appointment or taking him to wherever going to kfc back when kfc was open at banks crossing like having that time together just of stuff that meant so little when they were alive when it was all said and done they asked for one more day and one more time just if i could just have that and the things that you hate doing with your spouse and hate that you don't like i don't enjoy walking who does it like i enjoy working out absolutely <laughs> not one day i'm going to wish i could walk one more mile with her i wish i could spend one more day in a chair with her get my toes done and i'm I hate doing that, but <laughs> one day you're going to wish that. You're going to wish that I had that one more second to be able to spend that time with her or him and enjoy that because when it's gone, it's gone. Like, you know, we don't have the the clock that we have in the world that, all right, we're going to, time falls back and time springs forward. Like, your time is constantly ticking and nobody knows when that clock's going to run out. You can't go put new batteries in it. You can't go change and get a new heart you know a heart transplant to stop this when it's your time you're gone that's time you'll never get back and you're like wouldn't it you know people may say and be you know critics and devil's advocates like well, what's it going to affect me when i'm gone it's going to affect everybody around you you're you may not realize that if you're dead and gone but the people that you have raised and you have spent your life with they're going to be the one that's suffering from that lost memory and time of your life that they didn't get to spend with you it may not matter but do we really want to set a standard and a common ground for our life that that's what it portrays? I don't. And we all fall short. That's the problem. That's why it's so sensitive and topic is because it does. I am guilty of it. I have done those things. Victoria, you want to go walking? Mm-mm. Brian, I, I ain't going. Mm -mm. Victoria, you want to go? Uh, hey, let's go fishing. Ah, it's just, I don't want to. Okay, let's don't do it today. I'm, I'm tired. Like, okay, I get it. And there's times we're still going to say that. But you have to set that time apart. I guarantee you, you can learn more and more about each other every day. Yeah. And it's constantly new stuff. Yes, I know your favorite color, I think. I know your middle name. Like, I know all this stuff about you, but what else is there I can learn? What else can I do 
to learn about you. Like that's going to help a lot of this stuff and, and overcoming this conflict is just having that common ground and communicating, actively listening to what you got to say and what you want to feel. I'm saving this one for last and you got to forgive each other. Yes. Forgiveness is not forgetting. Just because I forgive her and she forgives me of an issue doesn't mean we'll forget it. And I think the reason I say that, well, and you're like, well, you just you said don't bring it in the past. I'm not saying I'm bringing it up. I'm saying I don't necessarily want to forget it. And she doesn't want to forget what we went through because we hate what we went through so bad. And I say hate because the things that we've done were not of a godly marriage and we're not of what our marriage stands on. So yes, I hate it. I despise it. I don't want to forget it because I never want to go back there. I never want my marriage to go back to where it was. And forgiveness for her, forgiving me, that's not, it takes a sense of relief off of me that I know that my marriage can go further and that she loves me enough to forgive me. But the forgiveness is for her that she can, and I'm going to let her speak on this, but Forgiveness is just for you, that you can overcome and you can let go of this problem. You can't love somebody if you have bitterness and hate in your heart for that person. And if you don't forgive them, you're just walking another day-to-day of we're putting on a show. We're doing this for our kids. And for me, that's that's why I left this as for last is because no matter what you're going through, you can have active communication. You can have an active listening. You can have common ground. And a godly marriage, godly guidance of your marriage, but if you don't have the forgiveness part of there, you've got the guidance, you know what you're supposed to do, but if you don't follow through with it and forgive the person for what they did, the, the basically the conflict and, and overcoming that conflict, is it never going to happen. No, it'll just arise again. And really, just letting go of the, the issue and the conflict is, is the forgiveness part of it. And it's not forgetting, but letting go of the bitterness and the anger and the hatred towards that situation and towards the conflict that's caused your marriage to be where it's at is going to be the biggest and most best tool that I can give you is overcoming that because forgiveness allows us to, to move forward in our marriage with grace and love and appreciation for what we have. And if you have those things built up in you, the bitterness and the, the aggression and the stress toward your marriage that I'm wondering if they're going to do it again, or I'm wondering if this is going to happen again, or those kind of things is you're not allowing yourself to forgive and you're bottling those things up, you know, like in episode three, bottled up, like you're leaving those things bottled up. You're not allowing the full potential of your marriage to, to be displayed. You can't have that happiness and you're just going to have more conflict and more conflict, but you should not forget. Something of intention and so, such a huge demeanor to affect your marriage in that aspect, if you forget it, you probably didn't really care, right? It was just a temporary upsetment and a temporary displacement, but something that almost cost my life and my everything that I lived for, like, I don't want to forget that. And that's for me, like, it was you forgiving me, but I'm speaking to you like, I don't want to forget it because I never want to go back there. I never want to see what I put you through again, right? I have to forgive myself even though I'm the one that did it. You forgave me and I, and I love you for that and I'm thankful. But people, you got the person that committed the, the issue. If you care about you and your marriage and yourself, you got to forgive yourself. You can't do the blame game. You can't, can't constantly blame yourself for where you're at and where your marriage is. Because if you're doing that, you're staying in the past and you're not pushing forward and moving forward in your marriage to make it better. So if you can't forgive yourself, accept the apology from your spouse and accept the apology from yourself, like you've, 
you're, you're staying stuck in the same spot. I think us being able to forgive, and that took some time. It wasn't a, a, a one day thing. Like forgiveness is not the easy, the easiest thing. I think there's still days that you just constantly run through your mind of what happened in, in a marriage somewhere at some time on the face of it. I think I, I was definitely the problem. I know I was the problem, but I think there's other problems that had consisted and built up these conflicts in our marriage that led to this. And I don't know what they are. We never really spent time and focused on the issues at hand. We had the problems that we didn't know we had. This is not going to happen to us. Yeah. And so we kind of, I think we overlooked it. And so I really want to say uh, forgiveness is, is huge. But I really want people to really just dive down into learning your spouse. And that sounds crazy. There's so much more that you can learn. There's so much more I've learned from my spouse just by doing this podcast. Seeing the sensitive topics that she's hit and really understanding the forgiveness that she's given me. Yes, I know she forgave me, and I know that things are that take time. And but sometimes forgiveness forgiveness is a a time table. It doesn't just happen. Like you have to. Sometimes you're constantly forgiving the other person yeah. and, and reminding yourself forgiveness. Uh, but if you have the, the bitterness and the and the hatred in your heart, you can't have the the unconditional love for your spouse that they deserve. And so I feel like you have to forgive them so they they have the whole heartedly part of you. And you can move forward out of this conflict. Guys, I hope you enjoyed episode four of A Small Talk here at Jack's Talk and Overcoming Conflict. If there's anything you want to hear, any topics you want to hear, we're not professionals. We're just real life people that battle real life topics and real life issues, but have a real life love for each other. And if we can help you and overcome your problems, we would love to be a part of that. Thank y'all and can't wait to see y'all on episode five. Thank you guys for joining me for A Small Talk here at Jack's Talk. I'm the host, Ryan Brooks. Be on the lookout for new episodes releasing soon. We appreciate you being with us, and we'll see you around.